What's up, guys? It's Mickey, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. All right, all right. How are we feeling, my BK fam? I hope we're feeling great. I hope that if you were a parent and you had your kids on spring break, that you guys had a good time and everybody's is kind of spaced out when you know they go on spring break or whatever so i hope you guys had a good time were able to take some rest i mean it probably wasn't rest for the parents but i hope the kids got some rest and just a break from school and all the busyness and the chaoticness and i hope that parents did find time to um, have a moment to themselves and have a break and i hope you guys enjoyed that a while ago i shouted out a content creator her name was tara b and i told you guys to go follow her at it's ITZ me, Tara B on YouTube and find her at Tara B on IG. She also released a content creator planner kind of thing. And I think it would be really cool. It's really helpful if you're new to content creating and if you are just looking for someone to start, like even if you're not new, but you need a refresher or just like, oh, I just need some help, some inspiration. I think that's a great place to start if you need a little, um, just a little advice or a guide. It's a really great guide, I would say. So make sure you guys go to her IG and click the link in the bio so you guys can order that, check that out, support her, or send the link to somebody or get the, get it for them for a gift. Get the guide, the planner for someone that's a content creator as a gift and be like, hey, I heard about this on this amazing podcast called Blaine Canvas. Um, I went to this amazing content creator. Her name is Tara B. She came out with this fantastic content creator planner and I'm gifting this to you so you can create some amazing content too because there's room for all of us and we can all win right so my wonderful BK fam if you are a content creator or if you know somebody who's a content creator either guide them to it so they can buy it or you guys go out and look at it and get it for somebody as a gift and or for yourself you know and make sure you support and thank you guys so much, my wonderful BK fam, for all the love and support you guys give me. Thank you to all my day ones who's been rocking with me. And just thank you to everybody who's joining me along this journey. I love you guys. Love you guys. Have you ever heard someone say, they abuse me, but they have good moments? Or they aren't bad all the time? or we have some really good moments in between, or maybe when it's good, it's good, but when it's bad, it's really bad. Maybe you've heard someone say it. Maybe you've said it yourself. It's BK. It's a no judgment zone. So don't worry. Don't feel shame and don't feel pressure. This week, I want to dive into something a little more specific. We've talked about it here and there on a couple of different episodes, depending on the topic. I've mentioned the word trauma bonds. I want to dive more specific into it. Dig a little deeper. Help us understand a little more exactly what are trauma bonds, how they affect us, how they affect others. And I think a lot of people underestimate the power of trauma bonds. And well, I want to get to the science, get to the root, and truly understand how trauma bonds affects us overall as human beings. So let's jump into it. According to the domesticviolence.org uh, page, the science is Biologically speaking, the bonds we develop originate from our infantile dependence on someone else's for survival, usually our primary caregiver or parent. Survival is the foundation of human attachment. Let me repeat that. 
Survival is the foundation of human attachment. So when safety is threatened, example, trauma, we naturally turn to someone seen as a caregiver in our lives, someone who provides support, protection, and care. When this bonding occurs, oxytocin, often called the love hormone, is released in our brains, furthering comfort and attachment with the caregiver. In our adult relationships, this caregiver is often our significant other. All right, so we can see how trauma bonds can happen, how they can be made. When the person we regard as our significant other, the caregiver, is also the one creating trauma by threatening our safety through abusive behavior, given that we are hardwired from birth to turn to an attachment figure when threatened, we naturally turn to our romantic partners when abuse occurs even if they are the ones who are being abusive to us. Can we just pause, let that sink in? Because there are a lot of people who don't understand abusive relationships or they're so quick to say, just leave, just leave. But I need people to really understand that it's it's so much deeper than just leaving. Like trauma literally changes your brain and changes you as a person. And so now the science kind of help explain a little more about the different hormones and stuff that release the different physical responses and mental responses that a person may have if they are in this situation. All right, let's continue. So this leads us to feeling bonded to them. We also have a tendency to try to make sense of our experiences, and so we work hard to rationalize the dissonance between our abusive partner's caring and harmful actions. This rationalization strengthens the bond further. On top of all that, abusive partners often promise change and actively tend to the wounds they create precisely at those moments when we feel most vulnerable and hurt. It is no wonder that we feel strongly connected to them and have a hard time imagining life without them. All right, so that is the science behind it, and I hope it created somewhat of a better picture. Let's get into why this is dangerous, okay? So the danger of traumatic bonding lies in the impact of repeated trauma that it uh, that happens to us or can happen to us. While some effects are more overt, such as marks from physical from physically being abused, others may be less noticeable. One common impact of experiencing any type of abuse is the overproduction of cortisol. This is still kind of more science for all my science geeks who want to know how the brain and the body works. So, and not geeks in a bad way, because I love figuring out why humans do what they do. I love it. Normally released to, and we're talking about cortisol, this is normally released to provide energy when faced with stress. Too much cortisol can damage our immune system and make us more susceptible to illness, cause anxiety, and create high blood pressure. Much of your blood pressure is too high, you can die. I'm not a doctor, okay? I have to say that since I'm saying that on a public platform. <laughs> On top of the physical marks or the overproduction of cortisol, there are a slew of other health concerns that may result from abuse, from asthma and fibromyalgia to sexual dysfunction, flashbacks, depression, repeated trauma, and a whole bunch of stuff that can consistently impact our lives forever. Okay, okay, so I know you're probably thinking, all right, Mickey, this sounds nice, right? But how do we get over it? Well, I'm going to give you some tips. 
And then I'm going to dive a little deeper and give you some more tips. So bear with me. Here's our first round of tips, okay? So according to the domesticviolenceoutline.org, they say that, remember, even your choice to seek help through the hotline today has been an act of self-care if you need it, right? And it's also evidence of your ability to begin the process of overcoming trauma bonds. So I'm proud to all the people that have the bravery to look up information about why this is happening or can I get help. And I'm proud of all the people that call the hotlines, email somebody, text somebody, or reach out to just a, a known person, like a family, a family, friends, anybody, a safe person, be like, I need help. Or can you explain this to me? Am I looking at this right? Because you're trying to figure out, is it me? Is it them? Is it us together? Like, is it us separate? What is it? You know, am I really seeing this for what it is, especially when in so many times in abusive relationships, a person is gaslit to see that their reality isn't as bad as it actually is, or they try to make it seem like the reality isn't what the reality is at all. Okay, so it's important to have other people be like, no, this is really what happened. You were really in pain. You were really hit. They are really emotionally abusing you. And I want us to always think that abuse is just, oh, well, he didn't punch me, so he's not abusing me. He can verbally abuse you. He can financially abuse he or she. They a person can um because women be out here abusing people too. So um a person can verbally abuse you, emotionally abuse you, financially abuse you, mentally abuse you. And I can go on and on and on. So here's some, here's the first round of tips of how to deal with it. Okay. So obsessing about people who have hurt you, though they are long gone. These are some signs. All right. Continuing to seek contact with people. Well, these are more of, this isn't necessarily how to overcome. I should say this. This is more of noticing signs to notice that maybe you have a trauma bond with a person and remember trauma bonds don't always have to be romantic they can be with any kind of toxic relationship that you have no matter the category so you have to be careful like you can be trauma bonded to a friend you could be trauma bonded to a co-worker you have to be very very careful so here are some signs to kind of pick up on if you are being trauma bonded all right you can be a person who obsess over people that have hurt you even though they're long out of your life. You can continue to seek contact with people whom you know will cause you further pain. Um, you may go overboard to help people who have been destructive to you. You may continue to be a team member when obviously things are becoming destructive. You may continue attempts to get people to like you, though they are clearly using you. You may be trusting people again and again who have proven to be unreliable. You may... um be a you may have a harder time like receiving help or taking advice or something when somebody says like this is an unhealthy relationship okay you may have a harder time seeing it um you may be a person who wants to be understood by those who clearly do not care there are so many people i realize as i as my time of being here on this earth that People always want to know why. Why did this, this person do this to me? Or maybe they did this because of that. Some people are just really fucked up. Excuse my language. Some people are really fucked up. Some people really don't care that they hurt you. And they get great sleep at night. Like, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? So, although sometimes an explanation would be nice. And it'd be nice to do the, the root work and the shadow work to get back to the real reason. Sometimes you just got to chalk it up to 
you're a messed up person and you're not good for me. And I, I know that probably sounds so bad for me to say you're a messed up person. I'm not saying that they don't have a chance at rehabilitation. I'm not saying that they don't have a chance for change and growth, but it doesn't always mean that you need to be in their life to help them create the change. Sometimes you need to protect yourself and still give them well wishes and blessings. Like I hope, I hope you do change. I hope, I do hope you get better, but I love me enough to protect me from whether or not you choose to, because you may go on with for the rest of your life and choose to not be better. Like some people are okay with being miserable and misery loves company is a real thing. People will really try to make you miserable with them. All right. So you may also choose to stay in conflict with others, though it would cost you nothing to walk away. You may be persistent in trying to convince people there is a problem and they won't listen. You may remain loyal to people who have betrayed you. You may be attracted to untrustworthy people. You may be being forced to keep damaging secrets about exploitation or abuse. And most importantly, you may be maintaining contact with an abuser who acknowledges no responsibilities. So those are some signs to look out for and see if you may be trauma bonded. So do you guys think you guys have ever have experienced a trauma bond before? Do these things sound like somebody you know in your life? Are they dealing with a trauma bond? Would you guys be willing to point it out to them? And not on like a, this is what you have. This is what it is. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Take your ego out of it. Only share this with them if you really care about their well-being and you want to help them. If you just are using this to condemn them, to shame them, to judge them, to make them feel worse in a situation that they already feel like shitty and crappy in, don't even do it. Don't even do it. And don't even use my episode to be like, I'm trying to be helpful, but you're really trying to be spiteful. Don't do it. I want no parts in that by default. And I I would love if you wouldn't take any parts in that period. Like if you're doing it to really help the person be better or to try to open their eyes by all means. But if you're just trying to make them feel worse, shame them and condemn them and just be evil to a person who's already down. I'm just not okay with that. And if you've experienced this before, hopefully it helps you feel a little more seen and heard. Like, wow, okay, now I can put a name to what I've been experiencing. It's a trauma bond. All right, guys, so let's dive a little deeper, shall we? Still talking about trauma bonds. Let's point out some other important factors, how to recognize it, how to, I will give tips on how to get over it and other things. Um, so most of the time, trauma bonds, they need a cycle of abuse. So for example, it's it's easier to like leave a situation when it's entirely bad, all right, where one abusive person never offers any kindness or concern for your well-being. If you don't believe someone will ever change, you probably won't stick around. But in abusive relationships, your partner occasionally does treat you well. And that's such a shock to people. Like it confuses the hell out of people. If you guys are confused on the outside, think about how the people who are romantically involved or definitely romantically involved because nine times out of 10 sex and everything else and sex already clouds everything so let alone literally being in a full-blown committed relationship um think of how they feel but also think about how even if you're not in a romantic relationship think about you have some type of relationship with this abusive person and if we're confused they're just as confused if not more right <laughs> so give some grace. That's all I'm trying to, I'm, I'm really trying to open people's eyes to like, 
give grace, try to understand domestic violence a little better, try to understand abusive relationships a little better, try to understand why people just don't always leave or why it is hard to leave toxic relationships. Again, like I've said before, nobody really signs up for, you know what, I'm jumping in this relationship to be treated like shit on a daily basis. Like a lot of us, which we shouldn't do, but a lot of us, we could treat ourselves like crap by ourselves. We don't need help. So why would most people, unless you just love the pain, willingly sign up to be like, oh yeah, I want to be loved. No, just kidding. I really want to be treated like crap and I really want to be abused. Like people aren't signing up for that. So if that's the obvious, duh, then we have to try to get to a place of a little more empathy and compassion. That's just my opinion. So let's keep going. Um, so yeah, they do treat you right. They may bring you gifts. They'll try to be like, I love you, call you your soulmate, may take you out on dates and stuff, get you to relax, blah, 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 right? So these gestures can be confusing. They can be disarming, especially if they are thought of signs of like a permanent change. Like, wow, like they, they seem like they're really trying, you know, like they didn't do this last month. He was like slapping the shit out of me, punching the crap out of me last month. You know, he's doing a little better or he never physically touched me but he tells me I look fat or he tells me um you're a terrible you're a terrible mother you're a terrible father things like that but this time he got me a mother's day card so you know what he's doing better stuff like that it may seem like the mother's day card shouldn't you know really mean anything but imagine if imagine it from their eyes like you you consistently clown me about the kind of parent I am how I'm not doing enough around the house blah 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 but if I'd be like I get you this card and I'd be like, it says best mom in the world. So I'm like, oh, oh, shoot, you do see me. We had this, you know, we got an argument about it and this is your attempt, right? I mean, can you really fault them for kind of seeing a little glimmer of hope? Like, wow, like you were listening and that's why it's dangerous. It's dangerous. That's why I always say, you know, people be like, trust the actions, not the words. Don't trust either one until both start lining up. Like the mouth needs to match the words and the words need to match. Oh, the mouth needs to match the words. Duh. The actions need to match the words and the words needs to match the actions because I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys, listen to Mickey, okay? They will have the right words and be treating you like crap or they will treat you great but then use their words to justify when they want to say something different or treat you differently or say, but I told you this, even though my actions are showing this, don't believe a thing until they both line up, okay? Or at least call them out on it so that you can speed up the process of both of them lining up. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, be safe out here, y'all. Be safe. So... Like I said, it's understandable why these gestures can be um, confusing and, and can make a person like disarm and stuff. I completely understand. It's also a power imbalance, right? So these bonds also rest on an underlying imbalance of power. In this dynamic, you might feel as they control you to the point where you no longer know how to resist or break free. Even if you manage to leave the relationship, you might have a hard time breaking that bond without professional help. You might feel incomplete or lost without them and eventually return simply because the abusive cycle is familiar and you don't know how to live without them yet. 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 That is for all my people in abusive or toxic relationships, whether it's romantic or not. 
yet. You may feel like this is weird. I can't do this by myself, blah, blah, blah. Mm, Zip it. No, change your mind, change your words. Even if you don't believe it right now, I want you to write it on a post-it note. I want you to tell it to yourself every day. Baby, you came into this world more than likely, depending on how you die, you're going out by yourself. Like, you got this. Do we need each other? Do we need community? Absolutely. But do you need a person this much where you can't continue to live your life? Like, life doesn't go on without them? Absolutely the hell not, okay? Okay. All the people who listen to me on BK and others, let me be specific for the people that's like, what about the people that don't listen? You guys too. But I'm talking to my BK fam right now. You guys are powerful. You guys are amazing. I don't care what kind of situation you're in. I don't care if you are depressed right now. If it's a low point, you're feeling really anxious. You guys are amazing, male and female. You got this. It may not feel like it, but you got this. You will be okay. You can live without them. Life does go on. Do you hear me? Life goes on. And they're going to be living their life. So there's no point of you sitting here and be like, I can't live my life without them. You probably weren't even really truly living your best life with them anyways when you look back over it. So this should be the time. And I'm not trying to rush the process to like make it feel great. Like it needs to feel great naturally and not like forcefully. But when you get around to the other side, you're going to realize you weren't even really living your life in the first place. Okay. Not your best life. So congratulations. Welcome to the opportunity to live a free and true, loving and fulfilled life. I'm happy for you. All right. So here are some other key signs um, and some different ways to look out for trauma bonds. So, and I know I touched on this in early in the episode, but I'm trying to dive deeper and give you guys multiple different signs so you can pick up on it because you may not have heard a sign that seemed familiar the first time. So some other ones are you feel unhappy and may not even like your partner any longer, but you still feel unable to end things. When you do try to leave, you feel physically and emotionally emotionally distressed. Um, when you say you want to leave, they promise to change, but make no effort to actually do it. You fixate on the good days, using them as proof that they truly care. You make excuses and defend their behavior when others express concern. And I just want to point out, people may do this on purpose or not on purpose. So don't always look at them like, oh my God, you're doing this on purpose. You're such a terrible person. But they might not even realize they're defending them. They're just so used to covering for them and defending them that it naturally just spews out. It's like, you don't even need it. Like, your eyes are going to open up at some point today. Like, hopefully. (laughs) That's just, that's what it is to protect them and cover for them. It's just part of the abusive cycle. Um, So give some grace in that area, too. You may also continue to trust them and hope for them to change. And you may protect them by keeping the abusive behavior a secret. I just want to point out that trauma bonds can linger. Trauma bonds can linger. I would even go, and I'm not a therapist or a doctor, but I would even take a step further and I would expect (laughs) it's a trauma bond. Trauma is big by itself. A bond is big by itself. Put the two together. Holy shit, what do we have? major catastrophe (laughs) it can be right so I'm not even surprised that they linger I would low-key expect them to linger even when the abuse happened long ago so you might struggle to stop thinking about someone who hurt you and feel the urge to reach out or try again here's a test that might help 
though it's not at all conclusive, okay? So this is what someone suggested. Ask yourself whether you would encourage a loved one to leave a a similar relationship. And you must answer honestly. Did you guys get that? The test is to ask yourself whether you'd encourage a loved one to leave a similar relationship. Please answer honestly. If your answer is yes, but still feel powerless to leave your relationship, there is a good indicator that you are trauma bonded. All right. So let's dive into a little deeper of why it happens. So a lot of times people don't understand it because they may not have experienced abuse or abuse to that level where they feel like they have had to deal with um, trauma bonding and other things that come with it. So a lot of people are believe you're perfectly capable of leaving. Here's you guys should be able to see by now from the science and other things and the breakdown of it that it's not so black and white here clear cut and dry so in reality though the trauma bond makes this extremely difficult people don't choose abuse they also can't help the development of trauma bonds which are driven by some pretty strong biological processes let's get into the freeze response so i know that a lot of you or maybe you're not let's talk about them you may be familiar with fight or flight response those are the two we hear about the most right and it's your body's automatic response to any perceived threat, any, any kind perceived threat. Maybe you're even aware of people respond to threats in the four different ways. Fight or flight are the two we usually talk about, but there are others. So there's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. All right. When you face abuse or fear and the possibility of future abuse, your brain recognizes that recognizes the danger as um, is like distress and it's sending a warning to the rest of your body. So what do we talk about in the first part? Cortisol. So adrenaline and cortisol, which are the stress hormones, flood in your body. They're flooding in. Run, 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 run. All right. And they are jumpstarting your survival instinct and triggering emotional and physical tension. So when thoughts of the abuse become too painful or too difficult to bear, you choose to focus on the positive parts of your relationship and ignore and block out the rest. You might make excuses for them and justify their behavior to rationalize your need to stay. Each repetition of the cycle can reinforce this sense of power, powerlessness. Um, and like, trying to create a certainty even though it's not true but creating a false reality certainty that you'll never be able to escape and leave this person right and it's kind of a false reality that they played a major role in in part to control you and keep you thinking like I'm not that bad it's you or I'm not doing anything to you at all that goes back to the gaslighting or no one cares about you I'm the only one that's still here when in really in reality you're there with them because if they were there for you, they would treat you better, love you better and do better. Right. Um, and there's just so many lies that a lot of times abusive people and toxic people can tell, um, to just, these lies are like blocks and different things that chip away at your identity. It chip away at how you see yourself, how you think that you are, your self-worth, and just, it makes you bond to them even more, the trauma bond. So let's get into how hormones play a part. So hormones can be powerful reinforcers, right? You look at dopamine's role in addiction. 
right, to find support for this. So dopamine has a similar function in trauma bonding. After an incident of abuse, the period of calm that often follows can ease your stress and fear. Apologies, gifts, or physical affection offered by the abusive person service rewards to help enforce the rush of relief and the triggering release of dopamine. Since dopamine creates feelings of pleasure, it can strengthen your connection with your abuser. You want the dopamine boost, so you continue to try to make them happy, to try to earn their love and affection. Physical affection or intimacy also prompts the release of oxytocin, which is, you know, the love hormone or another feel-good hormone that can further strengthen the bonds. Not only does oxytocin promote connection and positive feelings, it can also erase fear. That's a big deal. In other parts, it, we literally explain how, you know, your body is like releasing cortisol and adrenaline and it feels threatened. Well, if now you said I love you and you hug me after you just did something really bad to me, even though I'm slightly afraid, eventually, maybe it's going to start to release the oxytocin and my fear is going to ease away. Where if I'm no longer fearful of a person, then my body doesn't really feel threatened. I'm going to think it's okay. And here for henceforth, like the cycle continues. So physical. Oh, and I just want to point out that Tim Ross said one time, am I going to remember to say this correctly? He was saying how like, sex before marriage and stuff and um you guys have to check it out to have the real full context on it it was on a basement episode podcast but he was like when you have sex with people no matter the kind of relationship and stuff red flags become hot pink and I was like holy shit that's true because there's shit that you wouldn't let get away with you wouldn't let slide but after you had sex with them you're like oh maybe they didn't mean to treat me that bad maybe they didn't mean to fuck me over that way red flags become hot pink when you start having sex with a person so just remember that my bk fam shout out to tim ross for that one so physical affection from an abusive partner then might dim distress and emotional pain making it easier to focus um on the positive treatment all right All right, guys, let's get into some more specifics on actually breaking these trauma bonds. So people who experienced abuse in childhood often feel drawn to similar relationships in adulthood since the brain already recognizes the highs and lows of the cycle. So unfortunately, if you grew up in an abusive household, you noticed it, you know somebody who saw it, you're more prone to it. I've talked about it on episodes. I know for a fact I'm probably more prone and drawn to abusive relationships. So I have to try a little extra harder to make sure I'm not jumping into anything toxic and or allowing even the best people to be toxic to me all right um a history of trauma can make it even harder to break trauma bonds but you can do you hear me you can learn to stop this cycle let's get into some tips that can help with this so first things first is to know what you're dealing with if you even recognize the trauma bond hello hello first step and i hope this will be a first step for a lot of my bk fam and others all right when it comes to um yeah yeah, yeah. when it comes to abuse of course this is often easier said than done so let's do some really practical tips to help break the bond keep a journal 
I stress this enough. I say keep a journal just to write down your thoughts and everything, period, anyways. But when you're in toxic and abusive relationships that often tends to have a lot of gaslighting and stuff, journals are important, okay? Writing things down that happen each day can help you begin to identify patterns and notice problems with behavior that may not have seemed abusive in the moment. When abuse does happen, know what happened, whether what your partner said if they said anything else after to excuse it that way you can pick up on patterns and signs write the date write down exactly what happened like detail detail and then hide it if you're still in a toxic relationship hide it because you don't want them to find it rip it up get mad that you're keeping count like keeping track you may have to put it somewhere else you know what I mean but you need it so when you go back and read it you're like I'm not crazy like this really was happening to me or every time they do this they 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 come buy me flowers and then they say i love you and then they cook me dinner but it's every time this is their pattern to make up with me after they do something bad to me pay attention okay next tip consider the relationship from another perspective we talked about this in the first part you know with the test um would you recommend this to anybody else no all right. And it's often easier to examine negative events when you have some level of detachment. I am clean of detachment. I probably need to work on being a little more attached in my relationships, to be honest. But there is something about maybe not my level of detachment, but I think there is a good, healthy level of detachment to have just to be able to kind of step outside of it and look at it from an outside perspective, if it's possible. And that takes work. Again, I am more detached, so I need to work on being a little more involved, okay? Uh, pay attention to the small details that make you uncomfortable, give you pause. Do they feel healthy to you? And again, write this all down. Next tip talk to loved ones. It's not easy to open up about abuse. Maybe you got angry or brushed off friends and family when they expressed concern in the past. That's okay. It happens. We're human. Your loved ones can offer an essential perspective. Only if they're healthy loved ones. If they're trying to judge you, shame you, condemn you, like I've been talking about this whole episode, uh-uh. Safe zone. Safe people, safe zone only. Y'all know I'm big on that. Challenge yourself to listen. Okay, and make a real effort to consider the accuracy of these observations, but from safe and trusted resources, always and forever. All right. Next tip, avoid self-blame. This is big. This is big for my victims of domestic violence. This is big for women, period. And this is big for people in toxic relationships, but especially domestic violence. Ones, this is huge. I need you guys to listen to me. Avoid self-blame. So believing you caused the abuse or brought it on yourself can make it like really hard to excuse your autonomy and effectively keeping you in the relationship. Remind yourself that abuse is never your fault. Did you hear me? Abuse is never your fault. What you may or may not have done, how deeply you fear loneliness or life without them, how many times you've already gone back. You do deserve better. Replacing self-criticism and blame with affirmations and positive self-talk can help this truth can begin to take hold. Mind over matter, baby. Mind over matter. And what we say out of our mouth, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And if we're thinking negative thoughts. We're eventually going to speak negative thoughts. We're eventually going to act out our negative thoughts. We got to fill it up with positivity. And it's not to like always be positive. I say be human and feel everything. But to consistently talk down to yourself on top of you already probably having everybody else talk down to you, it's like a lose-lose for yourself. So you got to love on yourself. You got to pour into yourself. You got to remind yourself, I don't deserve this. 
they don't I'm like if I'm not doing this to them even if I did do it to them at a point let me be better let me do better I don't deserve this I deserve better love yourself respect yourself let it be known play with your mama don't play with me okay and be careful play with your mama do it at your own risk just saying (laughs) another practical tip cut off contact completely so once you make the decision to leave stop all communication okay if you co-parent this is big if you co-parent this might not be possible but a therapist can help you establish a plan to maintain only necessary contact create physical distance by finding a safe place to stay such as with a relative or friend if you have that everybody doesn't have that and i wish people understood that also consider changing your phone number easier said than done um email address if possible you can't if you can't do that block them completely they might try to contact you with a new number. And for all my toxic girlies out there that love that, that ain't cute. That ain't cute. Because it's cute when it's like, oh, he cares. But it ain't cute when he won't stop harassing you and then he shows up and tries to kill you. I'm just, it can get there. I'm not saying that every time they do that, like I'm sure it strikes your ego like, oh, he loves me because he's going through all these jumps and hoops to contact me. Yeah, it's cute until it's, until it's not. All right. So let's 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 be very careful with that one. So, yeah. Also, I always suggest go to therapy, do anything, um, go to therapy, let them help you create boundaries and a plan, basically, especially if you co-parent. Um, our favorite baby mama, Carol Lowry from Baby Mama's No Drama podcast that premieres on Tuesdays. Um, Carol talks about how she is with two of her baby daddies. Uh email only (laughs) email only and she has let me say allegedly so you know when I blow up they don't sue me she got narcs for baby dads not Joe Joe is the best one she got you know what I mean and I mean Javi's a great dad but we won't get into the other stuff but she got two allegedly (laughs) that are narcs for baby dads she has to do email only it is beneficial to her to them and the kids and it gives the best uh, most smooth co-parent transition as possible all right and then the last tip well not last because I have a few more is get professional help which is you know therapy and stuff so in therapy they'll probably talk about factors that help you fuel the bond working on setting boundaries learning healthy like relationship skills helping with the self-criticism and self-blame they'll help you develop a self-care plan address mental health symptoms related to the long-term trauma bonds and abuse that you've had and you know stuff like that a lot of times they do suggest that you should work with a ptsd therapist because baby when you come out of abusive and talk to relationships that have lasted a while you got some PTSD. Sorry, not sorry. It's more than likely true. But again, you can be healed from it. So really quickly, a few more other points and suggestions to get over it would be the positive self-talk. Make sure you talk to yourself nicely. Work on your thoughts. Remember, this isn't your fault. Do some self-care. Um, being in any kind of toxic relationship is draining and can affect your overall health. So self-care is vital, not only for your survival, but for your healing. And recognize apologies without change. Most of the time, they're just apologizing to keep you trapped in the cycle or give you a gift to keep you trapped. Some good days are not enough, especially if the bad outweighs the good. (laughs) 
All right, guys, so to end this week's episode, I just want to read this beautifully written poem. This poem may have been written by Kevin, no last name was mentioned, or by a lady named Melissa Davilio. I hope I said your last name right, sweetie. Um, I just want to give whoever wrote it credit, so I want to mention both of them. All right, here we go. The title of the poem is called Trauma Bonded. She didn't become an addict overnight. At first, she only dabbled with the pain, excusing his behavioral and cruel words, believing him when he called her unkind names, accepting the blame when he shifted it her way, adrenaline pumping, amid the sorrow and the shame, which she soon began to chase, searching his face with expectation, allowing herself to be soothed with a hug and a kiss, confusing his attention for affection. She craved those moments of repentance, building a tolerance with each injection, burrowing deeper into isolation, dependent on his mistreatment to make her feel. Like the sting of a needle shot into a vein or the burning rush from a snort of cocaine, the adrenaline numbing her to the pain. Her fingers soon left marks upon her, excuse me guys, his fingers soon left marks upon her neck. His slaps became close-fisted punches. Bruises bloomed beneath her swollen eyes. He mocked her cries, spitting in her face as the tears rolled down her ruddy cheeks. And now she was too weak to run away from her broken home. The fractured bones, her bloody nose, the concussion from a shattered ceramic vase. And she still stayed, for when he hit her, He was devoted to no one else. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And it kind of goes along with the theme that we, you know, had for today. And that's the way I want to end the poem. I mean, in the show this week, what a beautiful poem. Before closing out, I also want to mention this note that the author had underneath the poem. The other said, domestic violence victims often experience trauma bonding, which ties them emotionally to the abuser as they become addicted to the cycle. Abuse often begins subtly, escalating with each instance. Oftentimes, the victim doesn't even see it as abuse until it has escalated and they are at a point where they are too emotionally weak to leave. This is one of the many complex reasons victims don't just leave. This was done in December of 2019. And again, thank you to whoever wrote the poem. I gave you guys both credit because I don't know who did it. Um, All right, guys, that's all the time that we have on BK. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I hope you guys learned something new. Share this with somebody who may need to hear it. Um, If it's for you, I hope it helped you. I hope it blessed you. I can't wait to see what we talk about next time, guys. All right, guys. Bye.